Been a lot of crazy things going on in the World Cup, too. Brad Thomas of NBC Sports Edge joins us. And I, I want to start there because, first off, uh, the Croatian story ends, unfortunately. When you look at Argentina, we know France and Morocco play tomorrow. Uh, look, Morocco's had an amazing story here. I'm certainly in on France in that game. France and Argentina make sense with maybe Argentina winning it all. Where are you at this point? Is Argentina the favorite? Uh, do you like France to, one, obviously win tomorrow, and then obviously go in and beat Argentina in the final? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I don't think I've been on the Argentina train uh, throughout the entire World Cup. Uh, you know, they're literally being willed by one guy, and that's Messi. Uh, we did see Julian Alvarez play a very complete game today. You know, he, he kind of felt like he was scoring. He's, he's, he's a premium striker. Uh, who didn't take a shot last game, so you knew he was going to get on the board with a brace here. But France don't have an easy out. It's not like they're just going to sleepwalk. I do think they qualify against Morocco, but it's not going to be easy. I am just of the mind that if this French team matches up with this Argentina team, France is going to beat them. Uh, you know, they've been there. They've been there more recent. They literally are the defending world champs. And Argentina kind of get away. This is the second game in a row they've got away with getting dominated in possession um, and a team not being able to create in Netherlands and Croatia. Now, I mean, if they let France dominate possession, Mbappe, Giroud, Griezmann, they're probably going to be all over them. But yeah, Argentina are the rightful favorite because they're already in the finals and uh, the other two still have to duke it out for their spot. What do you like uh, in terms of other things tomorrow in France versus Morocco? Any uh, player props? Anything else, like, in terms of goals? Yeah, so I'm probably going to be looking in the market, the the prop market. Like, I, I just think if I'm getting plus money for killing Mbappe to score a goal, he's already got five so far, and he didn't score in the last one, I'm probably going to take it. Morocco don't really concede a ton of goals, but I do think this team's going to be a lot more clinical, a lot more technical than the Portuguese side that literally couldn't get anything done. I did like Portugal in that game, but I knew it was going to be one of those where they'd probably have to advance on PKs, but they couldn't get one in. Um, Mbappe, for plus money, is just almost criminal. Another line that I kind of interested in, because I do think it's going to be hard to break down this Moroccan side, is Olivier Giroud over one and a half shots on target. It's hard to get shots on target, but I do think that, you know, <laughs> there's nothing more than having your name etched in stone as a premium striker by winning the golden boot. Now he has a realistic chance to surpass Kylian Mbappe. If he scores one or two in this game and one or two in the finals, he could win the golden boot. And so for him at plus 175 to score, it's worth some money. On a side and total standpoint, I just think these lines are too sharp. Like I don't want to bet Morocco plus one because I don't want this game to turn out to be 1-0 and I'm just pushing. And I don't know, I don't know if I trust Morocco to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with France as clinical as the French are as experienced as the French are with the world stage to to you know play them through the full 90 through stoppage time. So I'd probably just look in the player pop market. What about this parlay, this one-game parlay, Brad? Olivier Giroud to score any time, France to win, and France to be the first team to score is plus 250. Yeah, that's not bad. That gives you a little bit more... A little more excitement. I mean, you're looking at minus 185 for the money line on France. It, you would have to be a believer that France gets this done in full time. I just, you know, when I when I start thinking about anything that's full time for this game, I, I, I kind of get afraid because I don't. If France can see, especially if they can see first, Morocco are shutting this down and to score twice on the Moroccans since they hired their new coach, it hasn't happened by anybody. 
So I would probably look more for like France to qualify, um, maybe French to score first, uh, Liberty Giroud to score, France to qualify. I know it's probably going to be not as great, probably like maybe plus 185, but I think it's a little bit more safe. I'm, I'm a pretty safe better. Um, so it's probably, probably my Achilles heel. Well, everybody likes to win money, not lose it. So there's, that's always the important thing when you play it safe. Uh, I'm going to get a little crazy with you, the opposite of safe here, and just throw out at least a hypothetical in this. Okay. Does Morocco have any chance? Do you give them a chance? Can it happen? What do they need to do? Because it's been a great story. And I, I'll be honest, if I don't have money on something, They're I'm rooting for too. chaos anyway. <laughs> um, do they have a chance? Uh, well, the books have them at minus four, uh, plus 400 to qualify, plus 300. So, I mean, I guess they probably have, like, what, a 15% chance, 16% chance. What Morocco have to do is they have to score first and just pray to God that they can just sit in a low block and relax. It's not like they are unqualified to do it, but if you look at the teams that, that you know, they've, they've, they've usurped, um, the Spanish team couldn't break down anybody even if they tried. They're death by a 1,000 passes. We've already talked about them. And then the problem with the Portuguese, I knew it was going to bite them in the behind at some point. I talked about they have all of these really individually brilliant players, but when are they going to put them all together and play as a cohesive unit? They dominated possessions. They dominated shots, especially after that goal, and they couldn't break them down. Yes, a lot of that is the very stout defending from, from the Moroccan team, but I think this French team is way more clinical. They're going to they're gonna get really good attempts, and especially when you're covering a guy like Mbappe on the wing who can literally dribble through anybody, it becomes a little bit more difficult. I wouldn't be shocked if they, they went to stoppage time, but if Morocco qualifies from this, it would probably be a major letdown for the French. One more, one more, one more. <laughs> Youssef yes. El Naziri to score. One more, one or more goal. Morocco <laughs> to win or tie, or tie in 90 minutes only, and both teams to score, plus 750. Plus 750. Well, I mean, that price makes sense because, look, the goal that he scored was just an absolutely beautiful header, right? He doesn't normally do that. So <laughs> I'd probably actually, if you want to build something like that, I would actually look at uh, Ziyech to score a goal because Ziyech has been far more aggressive, surprisingly. Um, and I'm pretty sure that his goal prop is probably higher. Let me see. I'll take a quick look at this. I imagine it's probably got to be close to plus 300. Let's see. Ziyech. Oh, my God. To score a goal plus 600. So I imagine... They, they qualify, you probably get like plus 1,400 on your money. Now, do I think it happens? I think you're probably better off just buying a Big Mac and watching the game. But if you want to you know, make it a little spicy and you don't eat Big Macs, go ahead and throw it on there. Talking to Brad Thomas of NBC Sports Edge, I want to get into some college football with you. We have look, tons of time, obviously, for the college football semifinal, national championship game. we got bowl games coming up soon. But we're starting to also see some books put up odds for – NFL draft, and we're looking at certain players like, uh, you know, Bryce Young being talked about as the number one overall pick, but what about C.J. Stroud? And it's kind of back and forth. We know there have to be workouts, and there has to be, you know, some team is enamored by someone else, and then everybody lies because it's lying season. I know it's a long way off, but is there any is there any value in, in, in considering some of those bets if you can find them now? Is it worth uh, even looking at that market right now, or is it is it better to wait? And, you know, on top of that, like, do you see Bryce Young maybe surpassing C.J. Stroud as the number one overall pick? Yeah, so I'll answer the first question. I am very fond of these early markets. Mm -hmm. I put a poll on my Twitter page, and I said, if you're the Houston Texans, would you rather draft a quarterback or would you rather draft Jalen Carter? And I think what San Francisco is doing now and what the Eagles did when they won their Super Bowl, they're winning with quarterbacks who, Nick Foles, a Brock Purdy, 
a Jimmy Garoppolo, who you don't need to risk so much draft capital on and build that defense. I would actually put money on uh, Jalen Carter to go first. Um, I, I think he's a disruptor. He's probably the best defensive lineman outside of I, – I don't call Will Anderson defensive lineman. Let's call him an edge rusher, a linebacker. So he's probably the best lineman in the draft. He can change that organization. Or maybe Will Anderson to go first. Someone who can change and disrupt. Like you look at these teams with these great edge rushers. Those are the teams that are really winning games. Not really like these these first early round quarterbacks. Like every good team right now doesn't have an early round quarterback. Um, and to answer your second question, I think that Bryce Young will surpass uh, C.J. Stroud as the first quarterback taken. And people are going to ignore the size because he plays big in the pocket and has great pocket awareness. But if that guy were to be two inches taller, they would call him the next. They would call him the next touchdown Jesus, like Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we do focus a little bit on height. We talk about these things, these measurables, so often. Joe Burrow has small hands. Um, Devonta Smith is too small, and these guys are absolutely tearing up the league. So I think that we that you know us, uh, you know us as, as not these these NFL scouts, but just fans of the game, guys who handicap. We we get kind of hung up on these. But these NFL scouts are starting to realize that like some of these measurables aren't as important when a guy has the football IQ of probably some of the best football players to ever live. Just to dovetail off that point, do you think that Kyler Murray and sort of the regression that we've seen from him this year gives scouts a little bit of pause for a quarterback that is a little short, given the fact that obviously they just can't see over the line? I think that Kyler Murray is an interesting uh, case study, right? Because... I don't know if scouts are really all that worried about seeing over the offensive line, but maybe durability. Um, you know, he, he's been banged up quite a ton, but it also makes you think there were question marks about Kyler Murray coming into the draft, but everyone was so in awe with his talent that they kind of ignored some of those important things like football IQ. It, it is really important for these guys who are, you know, team builders smart football players. And I, I keep going back to Brock Purdy because I was so down on him coming into the draft. I said he checks down a lot, but I didn't even pay attention to the intangibles. Leader in the locker room, four-year starter, guy who's faced adversity. Look, talk about another guy who's faced adversity, probably the most adversity out of any any of the starting quarterbacks in NFL and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was literally benched at his own, own school, transferred to another school, and then gets to the league and everyone says they'd rather take quarterbacks like Daniel Jones instead of him. Now he's probably going to be first or second in MVP ballot. So, like, there's a lot of intangibles that we don't talk about. And I think Kyler Murray didn't have a lot of those. And, I mean, they signed him to that massive contract, and look what happened. What do you think about the intangibles of Caleb Williams? Oh, man. <laughs> wow. That guy is going to be special. He has everything. He has – you know, people want to talk about integrity. Um, he writes that stuff on his nails. Boo-hoo, cry me a river. I don't care what he writes on his nails. His mom actually writes it, which is a beautiful story about the relationship they have together because she's a nail technician. But this guy has the it factor, the superstar, the talent, the vision, and the wheels. As long as he stays healthy, this guy will be very fun in a couple years to watch in the NFL. All right, I want to get at least one more of these draft questions in with you because I love this and I'm glad that you love it too. Uh, where do you see Anthony Richardson going? Because it's interesting. His college career was like the guy spent weeks not even be able to throw a touchdown pass at the beginning of the year, and I'm seeing him talked about as a first-round pick at quarterback. I just find that hard to believe. I'm seeing him in mock drafts in the top ten. <laughs> Someone asked me this question, right? And I didn't put too much thought into it initially, and I said undrafted. 
I know that's not going to happen. But I mean, they're saying it's so disrespectful. It's so disrespectful. But the reason people are are so excited about Anthony Richardson is because they think he could be a fun project. You just have to find a team. I think second round, maybe late second round, is probably an appropriate spot. But he has the the tools of a Josh Allen type. But it's just not every day where you you get a guy who's built like Josh Allen, who has a rocket arm like Josh Allen, and you turn him into a legit MVP candidate. So I get why Anthony Richardson left. I get why people are talking about him high. But you just have to – it kind of falls into the QB market. I could see like a team who maybe has an aging quarterback who probably has like two or three years left. They draft Anthony Richardson. They let him chill behind him for two or three years, hone in his craft because he's only going to get better when he was a one-year starter, probably at a program that could have treated him a little bit better or put him in a better position to win um, or succeed and excel and get better. So maybe second round, but I, I man, I just he's getting a lot of he's getting a lot of of, of draft equity because of what Josh Allen has accomplished. Really sad story, obviously, the untimely death of Mike Leach. Um, but Mississippi State, two-point dogs uh, against Illinois on the 2nd uh, of January. You kind of have to take them, right? Uh, yeah, probably. You probably have to take them. That's an unfortunate, so sad story. Like, I'm I'm a college football purist. Uh, I, we have a house in Starksville. Or we have a house in the countryside near Starksville. It's so like 20 minutes away. So we go to a ton of Mississippi State games. Um, we kind of have to take them, but like, it's tough game because they're going to be, there's so many transfers from that Mississippi state team. Uh, so many good players, but I mean, Will Rogers is playing, like he could probably lift that team. Like he played with, he played with Leach for what, four years. So yeah. they have the relationship. They've known each other since he was 17. He's going to will his team to a victory. And I mean, if Chase Brown doesn't play for Illinois, I feel like that's even better. Like that's everything that Illinois is. So. I mean, you feel like you got to take them. And those are one of those situations where if your bet loses, like at least you, you are literally rooting for football legacy. Yeah. Brad Thomas of NBC Sports Edge thinks Anthony Richardson to go undrafted. That's what we learned today. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Y'all have a great day.